Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. In this month's Trending News EU episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Our Dynamic team has been quite active on the European conference circuit. Presenting at the Evidence Life Science Medical Affairs Insights and Omnichannel Conference in London, as well as the Next Pharma Customer Experience Summit in Vienna. In this episode, we're going to sit down with our Dynamic team that was present at each conference and discuss their presentations, insights, and key takeaways that they think leaders should know. First up, we have Gemma Fister and Nick Fletcher will be telling us a little bit more about the MetaFairs Insights and Omnichannel Conference. Welcome, Gemma and Nick. Thanks so much, Jen. Hi, Jen. Good to see you again. I'm really thrilled to have you both back on the podcast to hear A, about this conference, but B, to continue the conversation that we've started this year around the evolving role of medical affairs, particularly when they're grappling with some of these newer capabilities in Insights and Omnichannel. Nick, can you start us off by telling us a little bit about this conference? Of course. The Congress took place back in October, and the Congress had the tagline, Med Affairs Insights and Omnichannel. There were approximately, I'd say, 50 life science thought leaders taking part in presentations across some of the top pharma companies globally, alongside a selection of vendors. So through a combination of various presentations, case studies, panel discussions and networking, the focus was very much on how medical affairs teams look to capture and manage insights to facilitate value-adding omnichannel stakeholder communication. In terms of key topics, I'd say they focused on the following. So the capabilities, processes and technologies required to enrich a smarter medical affairs organisation, how key insights are captured and utilised to enable medical affairs teams to better understand their customers and their needs, helping to inform decision-making and future strategy through applying omnichannel capabilities, demonstrating how we can drive smarter, more personalized communication to satisfy individual stakeholder needs. And here, this focuses on delivering the right content through the right channels at the right time for the right person. And when done right, this puts valuable content and scientific narratives in the hands of HCPs and other stakeholders, helping them to advance clinical practice and ultimately to deliver better outcomes for patients. That certainly sounds like an ambitious topic list when you give us that rundown, Nick. Gemma, I have to say that I am obsessed with the title of your presentation that you gave at this conference, Progress Over Perfection. I think I should probably adopt that as my personal mantra. But for our listeners who didn't have the pleasure of seeing your presentation live, what were some of the key insights that you shared at this conference? So glad to hear you like the title. And for sure, it applies to much of how we think about Omnichannel. I really wanted to acknowledge that in the Omnichannel space, in particular for medical affairs, it's neither straightforward nor indeed a quick fix. Rather than striving for perfection, it's really important to focus on progress, what progress can be made, small incremental steps that over time lead to that transformation that pharma companies are looking for. So one of the things that I touched on really was that, so importantly, no pharma company is in the exact same situation when it comes to designing and implementing an omnichannel approach. And so by inference, there's no singular one-size-fits-all approach that can be applied 
So we need to make sure there's flexibility and customization built in, but making sure that there are some key requirements that are common, irrespective of where you are in your journey, that are applied. Some of the things that I shared from a dynamic perspective were really thinking about that maturity model. Right. So from a capability perspective and omnichannel, whether you're in the initial or foundational stages or whether you're making great progress towards innovating and leading, it's really important to think about what are the actionable and tangible steps that can be made. And so when we think about it and we heard this throughout the course of the day, there are very few, if any, indeed, pharma companies who've really fully realized the ambition for omnichannel at this time. Nick and I both observed how many companies are learning from commercial colleagues who may be further along in the journey. And certainly we saw and heard increased appetite and indeed necessity to work together and collaborate with medical affairs colleagues from that people, process, data, technology perspective. It's a great point you make, Gemma, about medical affairs teams maybe being a bit nascent or less mature in their omnichannel journey than their commercial counterparts and needing to lean on them to learn a bit more. But given the key differences in medical affairs, I can understand that there could be some challenges there and could see these teams struggling to make concrete this academic exercise of omnichannel, translating it into the true execution and practicalities. I'm curious if you were able to provide any specific examples in your presentation of how various medical affairs teams were able to tackle these objectives and maybe some of the challenges they faced along the way. Within the presentation, I actually hit on three real life examples where we're partnering with clients to help them along their journey. And some of the challenges that they're facing include things like what is the roadmap for medical affairs and omnichannel and what will it take for us to get there? How might we resource ourselves? How do we make sure that we are appropriately collaborating? In terms of the examples, the first one was around really setting up the structure and governance from the outset. So how does one ideally define the overall vision for medical affairs in Omnichannel? What is the investment required, the key capabilities that are needed in order to realize that vision? And also, how will decisions be made and and how will we collaborate with functions like digital innovation, health IT, compliance, et cetera, et cetera. So really, I described some of the ways that we've helped clients structure their medical affairs teams into omnichannel strategy and program leadership, those teams who are essential in delivering key medical affairs tactics like pubs and congresses, et cetera. And then those omnichannel capability enablement groups who are responsible for things like data and analytics. A second example I shared was in turn focused on the role of data within Omnichannel. We heard throughout the day that this is a key area where medical affairs teams are really seeking to understand exactly what data sources are required so we can truly build a picture of information about HCPs, their information and channel needs and preferences, those moments that matter, and how all of that can be reported so that we can really inform the medical affairs strategy. And so we've helped clients really identify some of the key questions to explore when looking at what to measure, what to tag, and specifically how to use that information for medical affairs. And the third example was focused around capability building. Clearly, medical affairs teams who are in the field 
play an absolutely critical role in really understanding the HCP and enabling that omni-channel experience, including through medical information, feedback loops, and other feedback loops. One of the areas that we have partnered with is helping Medical First clients understand what are the core capabilities that are required to enable omnichannel MSL excellence. Thanks, Gemma. I'm glad that I could get the whistle-stop tour of your presentation. I'm reflecting on that last example you gave around the capabilities building. And I know we've talked about on our previous episodes this year on medical affairs, how capabilities building is such a key focus, particularly as these teams are being pushed in so many directions. They're really being expected to to wear new hats, expand new strategic directions than traditionally the medical affairs function had. I'm curious, Nick, whether it's in capabilities or other areas, what were some of the insights you took away from the conference beyond our own presentation? Hearing from the various presenters, it was clear that their organizations, even their own roles, had transformed substantially to support this evolution that we're seeing in medical affairs. We heard from one really interesting presenter who now takes her role as called Innovation Catalyst at a leading pharma organization focusing on leveraging digital innovation to drive meaningful customer engagement. So this isn't the sort of traditional role profile job description that you'd expect to see within within medical affairs, but it, it really kind of shows where the organization has gone and is continuing to go. In terms of other key themes across the, the discussions that were held on the day, the need for a really strong vision and purpose up front. So from our experience, and this also resonated through the presentations that we saw, organizations need to first have a clearly articulated vision for what they are trying to achieve, why they are trying to achieve it, and what is the impact that it's going to deliver to the customer and how do they measure that impact. Next, like mindset and the supporting change management, and this applies to any transformation, right? But I think it's really important around concepts such as omnichannel that can sometimes be quite nebulous and, and not properly understood. But as we heard throughout the meeting, the mindset shift is absolutely critical to get right. More traditional mindsets must shift to one that puts the, the customer at the center of everything. As Gemma's already discussed, data is king and the omnichannel engine runs on data and key customer insights that are identified out of this data when it can be analyzed effectively. So medical affairs teams must find ways to use the right technologies, systems to capture and analyze this data, and then turn this into meaningful, tangible insights that can be leveraged by their teams when it comes to customer engagement. I'd say other themes that came out of the discussions are around new skills and capabilities and future fitting the organization with the right talent. This is something that we see outside of medical affairs as well, but they really need to be future looking in terms of what is going to be important tomorrow for the skills and capabilities that are needed to deliver value in the market. And one final point to, to bring up that we heard on the day from our presenters was the world's medical knowledge doubles every 73 days. I had no idea that this was the case. Both Gemma and I were quite taken aback by this statistic, but that shows like how quickly the world is moving, right? It poses two things for me. It's a challenge in that the amount of information, the amount of data that's been consistently and continuously generated, it's a challenge to be able to harness that in the right way, but it's also a massive opportunity. So there are key insights in this data that can really help deliver value to HCPs, to other customers. It's just a case of how they do it. Gemma, any other key takeaways from you? 
with that amount of change that you've described and also the pace of both the data generation, but also the amount of learning that needs to happen, I think a key takeaway was just a sense of acceptance and recognition that we need to make sure we're fostering an environment where medical teams can be vulnerable about what they know and what they don't know about the topics of both insights and omnichannel. And also there is a growing understanding of the fact that it takes time. As we mentioned earlier, perfection is not the aim here, but that resources, budget and and other investment needs to be made right, in order for the medical affairs teams who are so strategically critical to achieve their goals from an omnichannel perspective. First of all, I'm just flabbergasted by that statistic that Nick shared about medical knowledge doubling every 73 days. That seems quite the hyperspeed pace, but I can imagine while they're dealing with so much scientific change, as well as the evolving capabilities, the evolving strategic nature of the role of medical affairs, that there's a real need to embrace partnership, right? And understand from maybe that place of vulnerability, you know, where are our core organizational strengths? Where do we focus to be able to really advance the science, serve our HCPs and our patients? And where do we maybe tap into other organizations that might already have the skill sets and knowledge to help us build some of those core capabilities that we need to be successful in this new environment? That whole concept of being very targeted in terms of both the information that's disseminated to HCP communities and also what we decide to measure can be challenging, right? Especially against that backdrop of just a wealth of information. Again, a sense that in medical affairs teams, really being comfortable with trade-offs and choices is just part of the evolution, I think, that we're starting to embrace more and more as we move forwards here. Thanks so much, Gemma and Nick, for joining us today. I am excited to parlay this conversation on medical affairs and omnichannel into our next segment on customer experience with Owen and Jack. Through the magic of editing, I'm now joined by Jack Young and Owen Thomas to discuss their experience at the Next Pharma Customer Experience Summit in Vienna. Welcome back to the podcast, Jack and Owen. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Good to be here. Jack, can you tell us a little bit about the conference itself and its overall goals? Next Pharma was held in Vienna, Austria, and the theme for this particular summit was unlocking Pharma's authentic voice through customer experience and engagement. It was attended by around about 250 senior Pharma leaders, as well as solution vendors, and it had 40 speakers from across 25 countries. And as the theme I called out suggests, it had a really heavy focus on customer experience, digital and artificial intelligence. It's obviously a fast moving and huge hot topic for the industry. So we're really keen to go and learn from those industry leaders and also represent our own insights in this fast and evolving and super interesting space. That certainly sounds like an ambitious scope in terms of the number of attendees, the countries that they represent. But if you had to distill it down to a few key themes that you came home with, what would those be, Owen? Yeah, so I guess probably my overall takeaway would be that the life sciences industry has made some progress in the area of customer experience, but there is certainly a long way to go. And I guess in terms of kind of key themes and areas for potential improvement, I'd say there were three things that kind of stood out over the course of the conference. 
number one is life sciences needs to kind of truly understand patient and customer needs and lead with compassion in all of those engagements. We heard that word compassion a number of times over the two days. So it's like clearly it's top of mind. I think number two is around establishing an, an operating model that enables the industry to act effectively on, on data and insights. So it's great that we're gathering all of this data. I think probably a missing piece is actually taking action with it. And then finally, I think shifting the mindset of the, the organization towards the value of customer experience. We heard that a number of times. And then kind of really developing a culture that enables customer experience to be front and center when developing new products and solutions. It would be remiss of me if I didn't mention AI. My takeaway on the subject of AI is that it certainly will play a role in the future of customer experience, but it will be to augment and enhance the human interaction rather than replace it completely. I am actually a bit surprised that compassion was one of the words that really came to mind in terms of the key themes of this summit. I think when you look at this topic, I often think maybe innovation or something like that might be first, but it's a bit of a repositioning to think about compassion being the driving edge of this type of summit. I'm curious, Owen, what were some of the presentations from industry and leaders that really resonated? We really saw some great presentations over the course of the two days. I guess one that stands out in my mind was from Julian Catagliotti from, from Taylor, and he took us through their three-step approach to, to customer centricity. And he had this idea of crossing the mirror and seeing the world as a customer, which kind of was a very powerful image for me and, and others in attendance. And then in terms of his, his kind of three steps, there was this piece around you know, you need to start by defining what good looks like. So rather than just jumping straight into redesigning things, what is it you're aiming for? What's your North Star? And then he kind of really emphasized the need to kind of revisit the operating model. So the internal operating model, you know, this idea that you have to be set up to be truly customer centric. It doesn't just happen. And then finally, kind of measuring progress. Again, it's it comes back to the, the point around taking action. So it's great gathering insights. You got to take action with it and then measure your progress. That really stood out to me. I think the other piece, and you mentioned compassion, I think we had a really powerful presentation from Hisham Name from Takeda. The overarching theme was, was all around empathy and compassion. He actually has, has done a study and, and identified compassion as being the most important element of a patient's interaction with HCP. And yet the data finds that two thirds of HCPs don't actually lead with compassion. So clearly a huge gap there. And then he kind of delved into some of the root causes for that lack of compassion and actually found that HCPs are experiencing cognitive failure and they're spending something like four and a half to five hours per day in systems and EHRs rather than patient facing. And so that, that's a, a, a big driver. And then he has coined this really nice phrase, which was around kind of connecting with empathy, but leading with compassion. So it's kind of moving from empathy to compassion. His perspective on AI was interesting as well. So he feels that in the future, kind of human to human interactions will continue to be critical and, and will never be replaced. But actually, it's about how can you use AI to augment that interaction as opposed to replace it. I think his phrase here was the next generation of customer experience is going to be deep tech, but with a human touch, which I really liked as a takeaway. Finally, and all of the presentations had a, a common thread, and that was around the importance of trust. So this idea that actually we're not, we shouldn't be competing with one another. We should actually be collaborating and establishing or reestablishing the trust in the pharma industry and kind of all driving towards this, this common goal of improved customer experience. Thanks, Owen. That gives me a great sense of the 
external lens with which some of the industry leaders were presenting when they're looking at how do I better serve my customers? How do I better serve patients? But I'm curious about the introspection as well. Were there any sort of key themes coming through presentations that were more internally focused around how these organizations are organizing or operating to help support some of these ambitious goals? Yeah, there was actually quite a large focus on the introspective perspective as well as the external and building one of the points that Owen mentioned around one of the speakers emphasized the fact that companies are very good at listening and gathering insights, but not very good at acting upon them and integrating them into their business. And that was highlighted by one of the panelists called Ksenia Levina from Grufenthal. And she shared a really staggering statistic that actually only 10% of companies act on feedback received from HCP. So much needs to be done to try and close that gap in terms of not just listening to insights, but integrating them in into your business to drive change. There was also quite a lot of talk around siloed working. Obviously, we hear that across a number of different areas, not just customer experience and digital, but this was certainly an area that was highlighted by many individuals, but very passionately, can I say, delivered by Carlos Ede, who is a, a very memorable speaker. He was running up and down and being very passionate around how a new era around medical field teams in particular need to kind of catch up in terms of the current industry dynamics. And he talked about the fact that he sees so many strategies across different cross-functional teams, but actually advocated for just having one single strategy to help deliver an optimized and coordinated customer experience. And some other additional themes, there was a really interesting presentation from an individual called Nico Renner from Roche, who just said that customer centricity is not enough. Pharma are just too product centric in their engagements and the fact that HCPs just really don't want this. So his kind of call to action or advice to those at the conference or the summit was to be more employee centric and the fact that employees are our value is how he articulated it. And just some final themes then, tone from the top is critical. We need to get leadership buy-in and transform culture to help uh, drive optimized customer experience. And then again, the metrics piece came through around defining and implementing good customer experience can't be done without effectively measuring impact. And Sarah Christensen, who is from Novartis, a senior digital director, really brought that to life in a really special way in terms of a KPI roadmap that you can deliver to be able to bring your organization further along in terms of maturity and to help improve relationships with customers. She also shared that qualitative feedback is gold and it's much more important than the quantitative. And at present, a lot of companies are just issuing things like NPS scores, which just give you a rating out of 10, if you like, which can be useful, but without that qualitative rich data, doesn't really get under the skin of things in terms of understanding the why to help drive meaningful impacts within the business. Sounds like there's a really nice balance at this summit in terms of looking at both you know, how do we need to show up for our customers, but also what are the steps we need to take internally at our organizations in order to be able to do that? Sifting through some of the, the key words that you called out from these presentations, I'm hearing collaboration, I'm hearing trust. It seems like your presentation around authenticity was in good company. Would you be able for our listeners who weren't able to join to tell us a little bit more about your keynote? We had the privilege of delivering a 20-minute keynote, and the title for our presentation was From Excellent to Exceptional, The Power of Authenticity in Product Launch. 
And we knew there was going to be a heavy focus on omni-channel, AI, digital. So we wanted to do something a little bit different. And that proved to be the case because you can have amazing digital technology and AI, but without infusing that authenticity and building that trust, these digital technologies or innovative technologies don't get actually used by the patients. So we chose the topic with that in mind and particularly against a backdrop in an era where we currently are, where patients are more discerning and empowered than ever. And positive strides have been made, largely driven by the COVID pandemic and the proliferation of all this amazing digital technology. Unfortunately, trust remains very low within the industry. A staggering 50% of patients actually doubt that pharma understands their health needs, and many feel that actually they would take advantage of them. So we really thought it was important for us to bring to bear the importance of infusing this authenticity as, above all, it's the currency of trust and what we feel to be the very foundation of successful product launches. So once we'd set that scene in terms of why we feel embracing that authentic approach is so important as we kicked off our presentation, we we're able to share with our audience, drawing on our extensive experience with product launch that we've completed at Vanamec. I think it's over 400 launches in our 20-year history, as well as our depth of capability within customer experience, to provide those listening with some key practical steps about how to infuse this concept of trust and authenticity in their engagements with patients. And we did this across each individual stage of the product lifecycle. So from early development into launch and post-launch. Owen, I know you shared a lot of these different insights across different phases during the presentation itself. So I'd love to hear some of your favorites, if you can pick out one or two across there to share with our listeners. I mean, I think in early development, if, if I had to pick one, I would really encourage life sciences leaders to kind of push hard on their community outreach and education efforts. You know, it's all about establishing trust as early as possible. And one way to do that without being kind of too salesy is to offer something in the form of information or outreach to the communities you're trying to target. And then it also really supports you when it comes to clinical trial recruitment and retention further down the road, which, as we know, is, is a major challenge for the industry to overcome. Shifting gears to pre-launch, I think the most effective step that industry leaders can take is to take a really good look at their internal culture and ensure cross-functional product launch teams place the patient at the heart of their efforts. Now, I think at this stage, the industry often emphasizes process and technology, but you know, the people element is equally, if not more important. And I guess one simple but effective tactic we've seen our clients use is kind of start every launch team meeting with a brief reminder of the patient needs you're solving for. And that could be a, an image or a video or a patient manifesto. It's all about ensuring the team is focused on patient needs and the aim of the product launch. Finally, if we think about post-launch, it, it might sound really basic, but just taking action using the huge amounts of data and insights you've gathered can make a huge difference. You know, we've heard it from a number of the presentations we attended at, at the conference. Often when products hit the market, we see investment being reallocated to products in launch phase. So it's really important to be able to make the case for gathering real-world data and then having the funds available to actually take action with those insights. I'm glad that we could get the whistle-stop tour of your keynote presentation. There's so much going on during the launch process that adding one more thing could seem quite daunting, but your ability to call out these really specific tactics to take at each phase of the launch journey, I think makes it really digestible and something that these teams can put into practice. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. For our listeners who are interested in learning even more about how to incorporate authenticity into their launch preparations, stay on the lookout 
for an upcoming insight coming to dynamic.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.